Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. Well, hi there. We are back. Boy, have we been on the road this week. We have just returned from Japan. We had such a great time. It was so interesting. We're going to be talking about it for a little bit here. And we really feel like all you listeners, just you put up with sort of bad sound and cell phones and airports and we know we could get a better quality recording if we were in a studio every week, but then it would have to be Ayers in the studio instead of Ayers on the road. Right. We um, had an especially great time this week because we just got back, as as you know from if you listened in last week, uh, we just got back from Europe. We visited with our daughter and just moved to London for a while, for a week, and then we went to Spain where we have a, a son and daughter-in-law and five kids. Uh, who are living there, and then we went to Switzerland, who have a son, daughter, and a little girl who are living there. By the way, we don't advocate splitting your family up all over the world. No, it we just don't. sort of is how it happened. It just happened. I guess we traveled a lot with our kids when they were little and got in their blood, and now they're, there they are, three kids in Europe. And uh, we've had some great travel time um, on a cruise where we went through the Aegean Sea and had an amazing experience. So the point is we just barely got home, and then we had to go to give a speech in Japan, and we were kind of grumbling about it. We were like, oh, my gosh, we're already jet-lagged. Now we've got to go to the other side of the world. It's just going to be a completely exhausting experience, but it turned out to be quite exhilarating. Yeah, it was, and speak for yourself, because I never get tired of it. <clears throat> I have so much fun on these trips. Get your life comfort a little bit more. I, 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 I want to go for a year and never get on an airplane. No, you do not. You <laughs> cannot even stay in the same house for four days. <laughs> so um, we do really like traveling, but this one was an especially interesting experience. Well, and I want to say the reason the reason the old curmudgeon who likes to stay home, namely me, goes on these trips is we really do feel that we can do a little bit of good because we're invited to speak to people about their children, about their families, about work-family balance, about trying to prioritize the things that really matter. And how do you turn down an invitation when you can go and talk to people about the things that are the most dear to you? So we love to do it. And different cultures are different. I'll tell you, families in Japan, that's a whole different ballgame. It really is. Wow, did we have an interesting experience. We have, this was called Team James. Apparently, James Skinner is a famous guy in Japan. Um, I don't know if I... He's an American who's lived there for all his life, and he's kind of a, a guy that runs seminars and tries to help people with their personal planning and their ability to succeed in life. But to his credit, whether you, whether you like... The other things he does or not, to his credit, he always feels he needs to have a module in his big seminars, mega events about relationships and about family. And that's what we go over. This is the second time we've done it. We go over and spend some time with these good middle-aged Japanese folks trying to convince them that, yes, it's important to make money and it's important to be good time managers, but... Those are all the means to the end. And the end, the goal, the thing you're doing it all for, the reason for all the other stuff is so that you can have a happy home and a happy family. And I think the further away from home, don't you think, Linda, in a way, the further away from home 
we are, the more bold we are about telling people that. Yeah, I think it's it's so true. And, and in this particular case, these people have gone through um, what James has nine steps. He actually started with Stephen Covey years ago. He translated um, Seven Habits um, many years ago, and it was hugely successful in Japan. And then the company was sold, and he went off and did his own thing. So he now has nine steps. But these little demure people, you think of Japanese people so calm and peaceful and quiet. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. They get these guys so revved up that honestly, and women, about a third were women, two-thirds men, but they were so revved up that we could not believe our eyes when we walked into this audience. They were all standing and cheering. It was like a big mosh pit. Well, Linda thought she was a rock star. <laughs> it was so funny. But they were good people with good hearts, and they really listened to our message, and it was so interesting. Well, let me give you an example. We, uh, One of our sons, Eli, was a missionary for two years in Japan, so and his Bless his heart, he's still fluent in Japanese, even after 10 years. So he recorded a video introduction for us. And so the first thing we did when we came into this huge auditorium full of people is we played the uh, on a big screen Eli's introduction. And people were, you know, it was like they were standing and cheering and yelling for Eli. And they started saying, Eli, Eli, Eli. And it was crazy. It was actually like a, the atmosphere of a rock concert. And a lot of times when we go to speak to a group, our challenge is to bring a lot of energy into the room and get people excited. In this case, we were doing just the opposite. We were like, calm down, sit down, go back to your seats and sit down. We're now going to talk calmly about how to be better parents. <laughs> and um, But they were just... Good people. As always in an audience, you see some really bright faces. And there were some bright faces, and they were just with us on every word. And then there were others who you could tell had some problems at home and were dealing with some issues in their life that were hard. And it was, it's just so interesting to speak to an audience where there's a lot of light and you can see their faces. We had some, I'll just give you a couple of examples of how sometimes people are ripe and ready for a shift in priorities. We had one young mom come up and say, you know, I've got a six-year-old, and I've never seen her very much because I go to work before she gets up, and I come home after she's gone to bed, and, and the nannies take care of her. But I've decided, I've decided, I'm, we don't need the money. My husband's work is good enough. I've decided to quit my job tomorrow, and I'm going to stay home with my, with my little boy. And then she even said, and I might even have another child. And, and, I mean, they ranged from that to one really touching, and I, you know, I'm not getting into any detail, but obviously this is someone a long way away who none of you would know, who had been having an affair and decided during the conference that he would go back to his family, that he'd repent, that he'd start a, a new life as a prioritized father. Well, so when things like that happen, you've got to, you've got to feel good. It was so interesting because we had... Um, seven private sessions with people just talking about their issues and hoping to get some help. But this one man, honestly, he was just a sweet man, you could tell, and he sat down and leaned his head back and cried. I mean, he couldn't even talk for five minutes, maybe. And finally, when he could talk, he could only whisper. 
because he'd been carrying this huge load for seven years of having an affair. Living a double mother, life. Living a double life. And, he, and there are no marriage counselors in Japan, or I'm sure there are. There are, but there are, they're not, not like common here. that people Well, and it's a stigma. Counselor. We said, we've got to get you with a marriage counselor. And he's like, oh, my friends would know. It's like a big stigma if you need to have counseling. And we said, hey... <laughs> In America, it's a status symbol, man. If you don't have a therapist, you're just like nobody. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're nobody then, but I mean, there are so many people who are getting help and good help from people, but this is just not uh, done in Japan, at least with this group of people. And they were more middle upper class, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and we and the last thing we want to do is give any unfavorable impression of Japan. We've been to Japan many times. We lived in Japan one summer with our kids. We love the culture. We love this the, the the sophistication and the detail and the attention to beauty that we love so many things about Japan. And you know, the thing that was interesting about it is that we were we were able to say, look here are some things maybe that, that we've learned and that might be helpful to you, even though they're not a normal part of your everyday culture. And it was great. And by the way, I, if, if those of you who are listening who, who maybe look at the website on BYU Radio know that the title of today's show is The Best Place on Earth. And what we want to say today, and we'll get into this more in the second half of the show, that the best place on Earth is home. And and you know we could do a play on words because there there is a big Disneyland in uh, in Japan and and uh, the the happiest place on earth right the happiest place on earth happiest, is supposed yeah, to be right, Disneyland right. but the best place on earth is home and we're really feeling that because we're still not home we're in California now we've been four weeks in Europe and a week in Japan and another week traveling and tomorrow we're actually going to be home and. From our perspective, and a lot of people who travel feel this, that, you know, leaving on a trip is kind of an exciting thing. It's kind of fun, depending on where you're going. But the best part is when you come back home. Absolutely. It's just so exciting and so interesting to see these different cultures. And so um, we actually, the best, the next best place is the grandchild's home. And we have had so much fun with five little kids um, who absolutely attacked us when we got home, including a little baby who's had some heart issues from birth and who has just... This is here in California where where we are now. So um, second best place is being with grandchildren, but really it is so nice to be home when we're home. But I do think we need to mention just a little bit more about these private sessions because they were so revealing to us. Um, we talked about the one man who had been having an affair and a double life and so on. And then an, another man came in and just said, I don't know how you can spend your whole life with one woman. I just, it sounds so boring. I mean, I'm, I'm having an affair and, and uh, you know, I just, this woman would just really crumple and die if I went away from her. But I have four kids and I really love and my She wife. has two kids. And, um, and honestly, it was so interesting because Richard led him through a little thing of of how um, how many people would be sad if he kept up with this affair, or if they when they find out that he's having an affair, which has been secret for all these years. Which is her parents, his parents, the children, her children, her husband, and all that. So we went through and figured out there were twelve people who would be really sad, you know, unless he could come 
call this affair to a conclusion. And uh, then we said, how do you feel about that? And he, you'll have to. Well, he, you know, we run into this a lot, and it's common throughout the world, unfortunately. It's, his, his, this was not a happy ending on this particular counseling session because he, he basically said, well, I, but the problem is I'm a human. I'm, a, I'm human. I'm a man, and I have urges, and I can't control them. They control me. And we spent the rest of that session trying to convince him that that's, that's what animals do, but humans actually can control their emotions. And so I don't know if that will make a change in his life or not, but it is, it is interesting that it's very it's very rare to meet someone who doesn't say that their family is their highest priority. I mean, it's just very rare. I can't think of I think of maybe one or two times in our in our whole career of speaking to parents and counseling parents where someone has flat out said, "Hey, you know, I really don't I, I don't put my family as a high priority." Everyone pays lip service to family. But it is really interesting how many forms of rationalization there are. And it's interesting how people, um, how different people's spirits are when they really have a humble heart, a broken heart and a contrite spirit. We contrasted this man with the earlier one that Linda mentioned who was in tears and who all he wanted was to put things right with the world. So anyway, end on a little bit that heavy note. We'll come back after this break. And we'll talk a little more about the theme of today's show, that the best place on earth is the home. Be right back. Ayers on the Road, parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. Way back, if you weren't there for the first segment, we've been talking about Japan and all the things we've learned from that very interesting culture. You know, one of the things that we, we can all learn from Japanese culture, and I'm really generalizing here, but uh, when you see Japanese families, there really is a kind of a wonderful respect within those families. We, we you know, we get used to a lot of disrespect from kids to their parents and to their elders and so on in this country. You don't see that very often in Japan. You see kids who really respect their parents and their grandparents. You see a lot of order. You see a lot of real peaceful sort of um, atmospheres within families and within homes. And, you know, you really can. uh, You see Americans oftentimes giving all the attention to the kid who's misbehaving a lot of times what you see in Japan and other Asian societies is parents who've learned the lesson that you give attention to the kid who's behaving properly, and that's the one that deserves the attention, not the one that's acting out who's often getting ignored in Asian culture. But we love Japan. I want to say that this son, Eli, who introduced us over there on a video introduction, Japan was good for Eli, Linda. I mean, he was a, Eli was a rambunctious kid. <clears throat> we wondered how he was going to turn out for a few years, and he went to Japan, came home two years later. Part of it was that he was a missionary and he learned a lot of things, but part of it was the culture, and he came back a better person, a, a calmer person, a more Japanese person. <laughs> well, I think a more confident person, first of all, because he suddenly felt like a giant. You know, our yeah. boys are... <laughs> 
669-6766 and a 65 and then little shrimpy 63 Eli. And he went over there and felt like a giant for two years, and that was good for his confidence. But while we're on Japan, we can't resist. Our, our producer, who we love and who we enjoy working with, Ben, Benjamin. Benjamin has spent a lot of time in Japan. And during the break, we said, Ben, come on a minute and tell what you like about Japan and just tell us about the Japanese culture from your standpoint. And we're going to ask Ben to do that. Then we're going to come back and talk about how great it is to come home. All right. Well, Richard, ben, I'm, I'm here. Go, thanks for, thanks for having away, me ben. on. I, uh, one thing, I mean, in addition to everything that you mentioned, I really do appreciate um, the, the level of sort of integrity, how integrity and responsibility and um, those sorts of principles are very stressed in Japan, yeah. and they apply that to the family as well. So if you make a commitment um, to a family in, in marriage or in something else, that even if times are tough, that, that the father, the husband, or the wife will do everything that they can to continue to support the family and, and keep that intact. And I really, really appreciate that. Um, I, I saw some of the most dedicated uh, mothers and fathers I, I think I've seen in my life uh, over in Japan, just the things that they would do to make sure that uh, their children uh, got what they needed, had the support that they needed, and were able to to go on to college or have the training they needed for jobs or things like that. Um, Boy, that I would was, agree that with that, Ben. In fact, one of the one of the ways to point that out is that uh, a huge problem in this country, in our view, is cohabitation. People that move in together in, in the states without being married, three or four times as many do that now as who actually get married. You don't see that very much in Japan. If people are going to live together in Japan, they get married. And marriage means something, the commitment, the responsibility. And even if they're having problems in their marriage, the idea of personal commitment and responsibility remains pretty strong, don't you think, Beth? I would entirely agree with that. And in fact, it's it's maybe a little bit different from in America. In Japan, they sort of divide the responsibilities so that the house is strictly kind of the woman's domain and responsibility and everything outside right. of the house is the man's. But I was really impressed with how a lot of these mothers would spend hours and hours in the neighborhoods in sort of uh, the PTA associations and community associations to make sure that they knew what sort of programs there were available for their children and could kind of vet them to make sure that their kids could go to the best schools, to the best after-school program, to the best clubs, um, because they wanted the best for their children. In fact, I appreciate that comment because their emphasis on education is incredible, including that these kids go to school all day and they go home and go to dinner and then two or three times a week they go back to what they call cram school. Sometimes from um, 7 until 10 at night or 6 until 8. It really is quite amazing. And sometimes on Saturdays if they're getting ready for tests, they go back to school and work all day. Their education ethic is amazing. So anything else, Ben? And then we'll wrap up by talking about coming home from Japan. Sure. One last thing uh, that I really appreciate about the Japanese culture, and this is, is more sort of an Asian culture um, thing, I believe, but um, the emphasis of sort of multi-generational families and bonds, how uh, the grandparents and aunts and uncles are very present in the lives of the children, that uh, they're at least twice a year there are sort of uh, special holidays where the families will go back to um, the grandparents' home, their their home where they grew up, and spend time there, visiting the graves of ancestors, and and sort of just getting together as a family to to really celebrate um, 
that those relationships. Boy, that's a great wow. concluding so comment. True. We we emphasized that while we were there in the sense of complementing the Japanese culture for how well this three generation and four generation family, their whole definition of family is a little different than ours and frankly it's better because it includes the grandparents and and of course as grandparents ourselves We've got to love a society where where grandparents are afforded the greatest respect of all and contrast that with so often in this country, those who are a little older are kind of put out to pasture. We live in a kind of a youth-oriented, almost youth-obsessed culture in this country, whereas in much of Asia, as Ben points out, age is an honor and it's a it's a it's a badge of respect that everyone honors. Absolutely. We so appreciate Benjamin. He, I think he served a mission in Japan. Am I right, Benjamin? That's correct. And then you've been back for extended periods since then. I think you just got back from an internship you know, within the last couple of weeks. Is that right? I, I did. I was there all summer uh, working for a company in a city called Nagoya. We should have taken Ben with us on this trip. Oh, we should have. We were in Nagoya. Well, let us wrap up by getting back to the theme of the show, that there's nothing like home. There's no place like home. And, you know, I think sometimes what happens is that uh, people who don't travel, people who, for many reasons, oftentimes their responsibilities and their jobs and so on prevent very much travel. And it's common for people, to, especially moms, I think, and you'll have to comment on this, but where you're stuck in the home with with a lot of kids and you're lucky to get out for 10 minutes to go to the grocery store. And even then you've probably got a little crying baby with you. And there's kind of a pinned up, Oh, if I could just get away, if I could just get away, but look at it from the other standpoint. And, and that's where we are now. I'm saying, wow, when you are away, one of the great feelings is to come back home and to be back with the people you love the most, back with the people who, you feel the most commitment and dedication to. And sometimes we just need a healthy dose of perspective. But yes, it is hard sometimes, it's routine sometimes, it's sort of a little bit confining at times, but where would you rather be confined than in the environment where you are with the people you care about most? And uh, that's not to say I mean, you can get extreme. We we have a couple of friends who kind of pride themselves on the fact that they, they're young parents and they never leave their children. They have never had a babysitter. They have never been on a trip and left the kids with someone else. And that's a mistake, I think. But But the idea of saying home is where the heart is, and that's where my greatest joy is, and then, then when you do travel or you get away, as we suggest everyone should at least once in a while, the reason you're doing it is for the perspective of coming back and having a, a renewed appreciation for how much you do love your children. I think when we would travel when our kids were younger, honey, when we'd get back, A, they were cuter than we were when we left them, and B, they liked us better than before we left. And interestingly, we took them with us a lot. I think that's why our kids are now traveling everywhere. But um, I was just talking with our daughter-in-law, Christy, last night about the fact that, honestly, I grew up in a little um, town in 
southeastern Idaho, Montpelier, Idaho, Bear Lake County. And honestly, I remember going to Logan, which was about 90 miles away, um, maybe four or five times, and Salt Lake twice in my life. The first time I ever went to California in my life on an airplane was when I was a sophomore in high school. And I had never stepped foot overseas until I was married with four children when we left to um, leave for England for three years. So it really is an amazing thing that, you know, I came from such a cloistered experience, but I loved my childhood. It was idyllic, just riding my bike around and so on. Everybody has a different childhood experience, but even now, going home is so fun for me. Um, I just love being there. I love driving past my parents' house and my dad's little farm and and just that whole experience is part of my fiber. And I think everybody feels at, at least partly an attachment to their childhood home. I think part of it is the, the old syndrome of the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. It's it's interesting. You see it in so many ways. We, we know business people, who travel. they have to travel a lot. And they're always saying, oh, if I could only stay home for a little while. And then on the other side of the fence, you see those who like we were mentioning earlier, feel kind of stuck at home and wish they could travel more. And that translates into so many things in parenting. How many times have you heard a young a young mother say, oh, if only this baby would learn to walk and I didn't have to lug him around everywhere. And then the baby learns to walk, and the next thing is she say, oh, I can't keep up with this kid. I just wish he was still little when I could just sit him down and he'd just stay there. And, and one of the, the human tendencies, especially in families and parenting, that we have to really battle is the idea of the grass is greener. Oh, it'll be so much better a year from now. Or, oh, it was so much better a year ago. And instead, we need to get this gift that some people have naturally and others of us have to really work for it, where we say to ourselves, you know what, now is the best time. Now will never happen again. This this two-year-old will never be two again. I've got to appreciate this. Oh, it's happening. I, I, I'm glad I'm in the moment. I'm glad it's now. People who adopt that attitude, I think, Linda, become, frankly, they become the best parents in the world because they're always present. They're, they're not wishing that it was uh, tomorrow or they're not wishing this terrible day was over. They're, they're enjoying the moment. And the kids begin to get that. It's like a contagious thing. And the kids become happier. Uh, we just have to give a little shout out to our daughter who has just organized along with a lot of other women a conference called Conference for Mom. 20 hours of people talking about how important what they're doing at home is for the life of their families and their children. So you can actually go to just conference. Uh, I think the mom's conference. conference. For mom. I think it's the mom's conference. No, actually, it's conference. Oh, for conference moms. for moms. Okay. And so you, you can, can go to that, or you'll get it either way. Power of mom. And uh, and listening is pretty amazing. Twenty experts speaking for free on what the different aspects of parenting are. Well, nineteen experts, and then us. We're the twenty. Yeah, true. We did a little thing there too. <laughs> and I think if you missed it, um, you can buy. And for very nominal cost. So, anyway, we are so proud of, of all those great moms and dads who are home taking care of their children and doing a great job. And we're out of time, and we'll see you next week on Iron on, on the, the Road. Bye bye.